Well, today is the end of the octave of Easter, the Feast of Divine Mercy instituted by our great Holy Father, St. John Paul II. As I was praying about this feast day, I got sidetracked, as usual, and I recently watched the movie Darkest Hour. I don't know if you've seen it, it's the new one uh, about Winston Churchill leading up to the Battle of Dunkirk, and then I was fascinated by that, so I watched Dunkirk as well. (laughs) It was Easter, right? (laughs) You can get away with that. Um, And then I started kind of just really getting fascinated with World War II. I've always been fascinated with it. Churchill, the whole, everything. It's just a wild story of how it all went down. And in there, I found this story uh, about a little tent. Well, it wasn't little. It was actually a pretty decent size called Coventry. It was a town in England. And during World War II, there were many attacks uh, that were carried out, many bombings that were carried out upon the little island of England. And it was often bombed by the German Luftwaffe. In one specific city, this city Coventry, took the brunt uh, of the attacks. And the reason it did is because it was an industrial city with a lot of factories. It's just northwest of London a ways. And during the war, about 350,000 people lived there. And on November 19, 1940, it experienced probably the greatest attack. Air raids in World War II didn't last very long. But this attack lasted a couple of hours. More than 500 German bombers dropped 36,000 bombs onto this city, which set the city on fire. More than 60,000 buildings were destroyed. In fact, the attack was so devastating that the Germans coined a new word after the attack. From that night forward, whenever they had a very demoralizing or a devastating attack, they said that the target had been coventrated. One of the buildings that was destroyed was St. Michael's Cathedral. Most of it, anyway. A few walls still stand today, and in front of the walls behind the main altar, the people of the city of Coventry took two giant pieces of charred wood that fell from the ceiling and put them in the form of a cross. And then they wrote words on the back wall in gold. If I were to ask you what words that they wrote, what would you think? Their city was just devastated. 60,000 buildings destroyed, not to mention how many thousands of people lost their lives. What did they write? They wrote two words. Father, forgive. Not never forget, which we wrote everywhere after the World Trade Center was destroyed. But rather, Father, forgive. Just prior to World War II in the 1930s, a little Polish nun named Sister Faustina Kowalska conversed with Jesus, and his message to her and to the world was simple. My mercy, he said, is beyond anything that anyone here could ever have hoped for or imagined. That no matter how long it's been, no matter what you've done, no matter how terrible it was, no matter how many times you've done it, 
that if you come to me in the sacrament of confession, I will look at you and simply say, Father, forgive. That cry from the cross uttered 2,000 years ago was not just for the Roman soldiers that crucified him or the Jewish leaders who handed him over to Pilate or his apostles who betrayed him and ran away. It was uttered for me and for you and for our many sins that cry out to God. Those sins that tempt us to think that somehow we're damaged. We can't be healed. In the face of this, Christ says, Father, forgive. In the resurrection appearance today, you notice that Jesus shows his wounds. And then he says the words, peace. As if to say to the apostles, look, look at what you've done. You did this. Along with everybody else. But they're healed. Peace. The point being, students, is that we will carry our wounds. But are you going to carry them bleeding or are you going to carry them healed? And the only way they heal is through mercy. So what are we supposed to do? I think three things. The first, let's really take some time to praise God. To thank him profusely for the gift of his mercy. That no matter how many times I go back into that confessional, I'm forgiven. If my heart desires forgiveness, I'm forgiven. Let us not take that for granted. What has happened for each of us, by name, on the cross. Second, don't presume his mercy. It's one of the most dangerous sins, I think, of the practicing Catholic. That they're they're fighting, they're fighting, and all of a sudden they say, well, I can just go to confession. That is not why he died. Or maybe some of you struggle with social media. And you come again and again and again. I I struggle with social media in this aspect, in this aspect, in this aspect. Get rid of it. I know this is weird, but that is an option. (laughs) It's a legitimate option. Maybe pornography. I remember Matt Frad, the uh, anti-pornography speaker, he said one time, he was, he was giving a talk, and he said this kid came up to him and said, Matt, I've been trying and trying and trying, and I just can't, you know, I go to confession, I pray, and I just can't get over it. Matt looked at him, he said, do you have a filter on your computer or on your phone? He said, no. He said, do you have accountability partners to help you? He said, no. And Matt said, you don't want to be healed. Quit lying to yourself. I want to be very clear about something, students. If you desire mercy, 
every single time you will receive it there. But part of the act of contrition is I will amend my life. I'm not saying you got to amend the whole dang thing all at once, but you got to amend something. Maybe it's just one thing. Lord, this is where I struggled. This is where I fell. My, my filter wasn't high enough. I'm going to put it up another degree. Amen. Now the wound's healing. Third, let us take time during the rest of this Mass, especially during the Eucharistic prayer, the greatest prayer of the church, to ask God to pour out his mercy upon those out here at the University of Mary who need it most and who are despairing of it. Maybe you know some of these people. Maybe you are these people. These people are afraid of God because of what they have done. And so they make all types of excuses about their lives instead of changing them. We need to pray for those who perhaps because of choices that were made recently or years ago have been left not only feeling discouraged but are despairing. Left thinking that these words of mercy are just words. Let us pray on this great feast of divine mercy that these people would return to the church and her sacraments, especially the sacrament of confession. And they will come to know that the words, Father, forgive, were not merely words carved into a wall, but were uttered by the God-made man as he hung upon the cross for you and for me. The more we understand that, the more healing will happen.